Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself wrap up our discussion on vocation in society. Welcome to The Sound of Silence. Just kidding. <laughs> the Being Lutheran podcast. Pastor Brett Bowe. Yeah, welcome to the awkward moment of silence. Yes, like we were People talking like, about last man, episode. This episode started so well, but then it just went downhill after you started talking. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I'm Pastor Jason Goodall. And I'm Pastor Brian Nick. Uh, I actually like that. I love that yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know this is probably silence. inappropriate, but there's a metal band that redid that song and did a great job. <laughs> really? A band called Disturbed. And the guy who's the lead singer has a phenomenal range, and they mm-hmm. did a phenomenal... I don't like remakes. But they actually did a good job because they made it their own. They, they when you're trying to remake That's a song funny. and you try to do it a similar way, but it's really done well. So check it out. Disturbed, Dis- Disturbed also did a cover of "Shout" by Tears for Fears, and they did that really well. <laughs> you're not serious. No, they did. Oh wow, it's really good. Oh, well, and I, I'm they, a, I'm they a, used a lot of craftsmanship. Yeah, I'm a. Yes. I'm, uh. Look at that. Yeah, I'm a pretty big Tears for Fears fan. I love '80s music. It's yeah. a, it's my vice. That you know, guilty pleasure type of thing. It's my only vice. Why am I your friend? No. Yeah, I love '80s music, man. But yeah, it's, yeah. So we're boy. This has just been a train wreck to start. Yeah. Off. Should we start over? <laughs> yeah. Well, now we've hit the landmark oh, where, where Brian yeah. questions whether we should start over. So right. Now we're Exist- into the existential episode. crisis. Yeah. yeah. All right. But what are so, we talking about today? We're talking. About vocation. vocation and Sweet. especially vocation in society. Vocation in society state. and especially mm-hmm. vocation as a citizen mm-hmm. in society. Yes. And specifically in Romans 13. Romans 13. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Disclaimer. Right now, we're two minutes into the episode. We're just going to pause here. We're going to talk about politics in this episode. Mm, We're going to talk about the Christian's place in society. We're going to talk about the Christian's place in America. We're going to talk about things that a lot of people are going to disagree about. Uh, I'm telling you this at the beginning. If you don't want to listen to it, skip the episode. If you do want to listen to it and disagree, be gracious and generous. Uh, And if you have any questions, contact us and we will be more than happy to clarify. But (laughs) we can't not do this. Sure. With the place, we need to be talking about two kingdoms. We need to be talking about how, you know, what our responsibility is as citizens of the United States. We need to be talking about that the word America doesn't show up anywhere in scripture. So, really? Sorry about that. Oh, you burst my bubble. Yeah, well... So, You're starting off with a bang here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had I had both six shooters loaded, and I'm just firing for fun into the sky well, right now. The, the one thing that I'll just full disclosure, I think that all three of us are are fairly unified mm-hmm. in our approach of of the two kingdom principle, mm-hmm. yep. um, the theology mm-hmm. of the two kingdoms, as as Luther. Uh, flesh it out as he probably picked it up from Augustine, most likely, because he wrote Tale of Two Cities. I thought he picked yeah. it up from Augustine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so one early church father that they've, you know, <laughs> whose last Aug- name begins with A. No. Augustine the Hippo, or from Hippo. Exactly. It is I. But um, that, I am a very strong proponent of that, and um, I, I, I want to be as gracious as I can, but uh, I, I want to also fully admit that this is a little bit of a soapbox for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe that um, as as it happened in Israel during the time of Christ, a nationalism came into 
uh, how the Pharisees and Sadducees ministered the Word of God. I think that that has unfortunately happened within the Christian church in America. Uh, the the soapboxes have been appropriately and safely anchored at Curmudgeon Corner and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, uh, yes. And good. so here we go. All right, let's read the text. Uh, Romans 13, 1 through 7. And it says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Here ends the reading. Amen. Amen. Hashtag taxation is theft. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, stop, stop, stop. All right, yeah. where, where do we go from here? Who boy, Mofib- where don't we go from here? Yeah. Um, okay, first principle, and we've mentioned this a couple times already on the podcast, but we're going to start here. When Paul wrote these words, when he penned Romans 13, mm. it is highly likely that Nero was the man in charge when he wrote Paul was a Roman citizen. Who wasn't a very nice guy. Nero was the emperor of the known world. Tiki torch Christians. Yeah, he, Nero, if you made a list of the worst human beings to ever live, Nero's on the short list. Julian the Apostate wouldn't be too far behind him. Mm -hmm. No, but Nero would legitimately cover Christians in pitch and use them to light Mm -hmm. garden parties. Uh, He blamed Christians for the burning of Rome, which he may or may not have started himself to divert from Mm -hmm. his ruling things. I mean, he hated Christians. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen to Paul's words about obedience to the authorities that are in place. Mm Mm-hmm. And realize that he did that in one of the most hostile environments to Christians that has ever existed. And rethink things about your reaction to Barack Obama being our president Mm -hmm. or whatever you feel about Donald Trump Mm -hmm. or whoever you feel about will be the next president. And the amazing thing from a conservative evangelical Christian perspective is how easy it was for the eight-year period for Christians to pray for their president when George W. Bush was in the mm-hmm. office and how very little of that same sentiment I saw when Obama took over and how Trump has so divided even conservative Christians about his place in the world. and. Mm-hmm. You have one wing of the church claiming that Donald Trump is the personal fulfillment of prophecies oh. <laughs> in the New Testament. And you have the other end of the church who is just as hunch saying how unqualified he is to represent those on the 
conservative political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about impeachment this episode? No, we're not okay. going to talk yeah, about it. We already are now. Thanks, Bo. <laughs> well, we'll have a lot more information when this actually airs. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> the baseline of what we're talking about is to remember that Paul wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when Nero was the ruler he yeah. was talking about. In a hostile environment. And, um, you know, you're not going to see Paul waving the Roman banner, you know, (laughs) so to speak. But then it was the laws in a sense that he employed when he was going about to be beaten. I'm a Roman citizen. And so Mm -hmm. there's aspects that touch each other. But I think that understanding our place in society, Mm -hmm. that this world is not our home, that we are aliens and we are foreigners, and that as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, that kingdom come, that will be done on earth, that is in heaven, there's an aspect of this that we really have to Mm -hmm. take into consideration and be very careful that our patriotism does not infect our theology mm-hmm. of the church and the Christian yep. in society. Yep. yep. So, so Jason, I, I know we've mentioned that, and we should maybe do some more episodes on this and as on its own. But uh, would you give uh, just a brief definition of the, uh, the teaching of two kingdoms? So, two kingdoms. Um, there is a lot of misunderstanding, and I would caution you if you want to know more about two kingdoms, you can find a lot online. And most of it is either outright false and heretical or just misunderstanding what Luther does. Gene Veith, one, yeah. one word. Read Gene <laughs> right. uh, yeah. One the, name, sorry. The patron saint of all good Lutheran theology, yeah. Gene Veith. Um, well, well, vocational theology, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the starting point for Two Kingdoms theology, first of all, is uh, you're going to find a wing of the church, typically a liberal wing of the church, that uses Two Kingdoms theology to blame Luther for mm-hmm. Nazi Germany. That's Luther. Mm -hmm. The quietist. Yeah. Luther said nothing to the effect he would not have supported Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. Let's just get that out of the way. If you want to know about that aspect of things and all those empty claims, a book you should read by a German journalist named Yui Seaman Netto. That's a hyphenated last name, Seaman, S-I-E-M-O-N hyphen N-E-T-T-O, called The Fabricated Luther. Mm -hmm. Legitimately one of the best books of the last 10 years that I've read. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. It's it's heady theology, but it's accessible to read. Mm -hmm. Read that. It's a good summation of Luther's view of the two kingdoms and how it actually worked itself out. Um, The other one, the other misnomer for two kingdoms theology is a rote separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. The church stays over here. Church stays, or the state stays over there. Neither Mm -hmm. the twain shall meet. Almost like the separation of church and state. Yeah, Um, almost like the the way that we talk about it as Americans. Today. Mm -hmm. And and that's also not what two kingdoms theology is. If you want clarification on that, and maybe the best book that I've read just on the two kingdoms that is super helpful is called Holy Citizens. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y by Joel Bierman. Mm -hmm. It is fantastic. Another Mm -hmm. of my favorite books that I do not see to recommend to people who are researching the topic. So those two free plugs out of the way for publishing companies and authors. Two Kingdoms Theology, uh, and and Dr. Bierman prefers that you call it two realms instead of two Hmm. kingdoms, is how God operates in our lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, So God rules in both of the realms or both of the kingdoms. In the kingdom on the left, which is the material 
temporal world. It's not called the left for like the. It's, yeah, doesn't have anything right. to do with politics. Yeah, right. Doesn't have anything to do with red, mm-hmm. blue, the left hand. Yeah. Uh, it's just yeah, or no, left-handed people. Yeah, yeah it's just uh. <laughs> because you need a geographic spatial designation to think right. about it. Is all we're doing. Uh, that is the material temporal realm. Mm-hmm. God rules and reigns through that kingdom with the use of the law, and so you have the state. And in Paul's theology here in Romans 13, that God rules through the appointed uh, order in society through mm-hmm. good and bad rulers mm-hmm. to bless his children, his creation with yeah. daily bread by order in society. Mm-hmm. And so the left-hand kingdom uh, is the kingdom of the law, but God still rules. Mm-hmm. The right-hand kingdom is the church, and the word that God rules by in the church is the gospel. The final word is the gospel. That Then in the right-hand kingdom is the kingdom of eternity. It is the spiritual kingdom, not to say that it is better or a different value than physical. It's just that the eternity is ruled and reigned by God through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so that's how we clarify the two kingdoms. The, the important thing to remember is that God is ruled ruling and reigning, okay? But we would recognize on the left-hand side of things mm-hmm. in the state, the law has the final say because it has to have the final say. Mm-hmm. You know, if if uh, judges, if magistrates, if rulers were indiscriminately pardoning crime in the name of the gospel, they would mm-hmm. be failing at their jobs. We need order in society to protect the helpless and the weak, to protect our neighbors. And so there is temporal punishment for sins that are committed. In the right-hand kingdom, God pardons freely for the sake of Christ, and he is still just to do so. Mm -hmm. That has eternal consequences. And so this is how Mm -hmm. we're comparing things. And so the question for 2,000 years is what role does the Christian as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven by the gospel through the completed work of Christ on the cross, what role does he have mm-hmm. in society as a citizen of the left-hand kingdom? Yeah, How good. does that work itself out? And the answer here in Romans 13 is we have a lot of roles. And mm-hmm. in fact, the church has something to say to the state and the state has something to say to the church. When the church doesn't do its job, or when it oversteps its boundaries, the state says, you go be the church, preach the gospel. And when the state fails to be the state, like say in the issue of abortion, when the state has been designed by God to protect the most helpless in society, the church should tell the state, you be the state and you are failing at your job. And Mm -hmm. abortion and euthanasia issues of life are a way, you know, pastors will, will cowardly get out of preaching against abortion saying that's a political issue. To God... Life is not a political issue. No, it's a moral issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Is. Yeah. And so that's where the crossover happens. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Christian, uh, thinking in areas of persecution, the Christian is bound to obey God rather than men. But if that becomes against the law, the Christian accepts the punishment while still disobeying the law. That's what mm-hmm. civil disobedience looks like. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paul and John, or not Paul, Peter and John. X5, and Acts 39, I think. Three, four, five, mm-hmm. all the way in there. Uh, they were forbidden by the Sanhedrin to preach the gospel. They preached the gospel and then they went to prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are all two kingdoms issue. This is what we're talking about with the Christian in society. Mm-hmm. 
Where, how does it fit in um, to go one step further? We kind of talked about some of those things, but what about some of the social justice issues that we sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, we, we see some churches maybe emphasizing too much, but then other churches not you know, emphasizing enough. How does that play into this discussion? The church should be concerned about issues of justice, but the church invariably if it becomes preoccupied with issues of social justice, turns it into the gospel. Mm -hmm. And and again, because we're all Gnostics Mm -hmm. and because we're all works righteousness legalists, we end up turning what we do into our means of salvation. And so on the one hand, the liberal Protestant church in America is to to be commended for their focus on issues of justice for those who are oppressed and weaker in society. Mm On the other hand, they are to be condemned because they have replaced the actual word of the gospel with good deeds done in the name of social justice. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's balance. What I'm hearing is mm -hmm. there's just this wonderful, delicate balance where we're dependent upon God's word, uh, but also just understanding who we belong to, Mm -hmm. the kingdom we belong to, and that we are strangers and aliens in a foreign land. But God has yet called us to proclaim his excellencies in this land, to be salt and light in the midst of a sinful and sometimes perverse generation. Mm -hmm. And we would remember it's not either or, but it's both. Yes. Right. We are freed. This is vocation 101. We Mm -hmm. are freed by the gospel to love our neighbors. And so we love the neighbors that God has given us. I know sometimes as a pastor, I wrestle with... I, I, on one side, I, I feel like I need to encourage my people in their individual, as individuals and as families to be involved in causes like what you're talking about, Brian. Um, but then there's also the tendency of, well, can a group of us work together to make more of an impact? And then in the freedom that we have, yep. as, as we're doing it out of the overflow of what God has done and worked in us, well, and God might give us opportunities to... Yeah. It's, it's a great way to think about things because mm-hmm. when it comes to social, political issues mm-hmm. that don't have a doctrinal basis, we can part to get, partner together with those we would uh, mm-hmm. disagree with doctrinally. Uh, I know uh, Lutherans for life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in standing for life and against abortion, mm-hmm. works with several Catholic agencies. And we would have no hesitation to do that. And and on issues of life, we should be willing to partner with Muslims mm-hmm. on doing that because that it's not a doctrinal issue standing up for the lives of the unborn mm-hmm. yeah. and for providing for mothers with crisis pregnancies. We should all be doing that. That mm-hmm. is a good thing to do. That is a part of God's ordered creation that we should mm-hmm. be supporting that. You know, now when it comes to a doctrinal confession, then we have to mm-hmm. withdraw ourselves. But even though the lines are muddied, we need to think about it so we can do mm-hmm. a good job at doing those things. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so interesting, it's easy to talk about these issues, even as divisive as they are. But then when you get further down the line in political things, mm-hmm. it, it gets even muddier is what is a citizen's responsibility when it comes to politics? Mm-hmm. You know, can we, to what extent can we vote for a politician we don't agree with 100%? Uh, what is our responsibility as Christians to vote at all? You know, mm-hmm. what does a Christian do when none of the candidates yeah. line up with any sort of thing that would be a Christian confession or Christian practice? Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, in my city, we had, we just had elections for city council. 
and five of the six candidates, and you had to vote for two, five of the six candidates who were running for office were on the board for the planning committee for the pride parade. Oh. <laughs> you know, how do you do that? You know, as a Christian, we would recognize that the homosexual lifestyle is sinful and contrary mm-hmm. to God's will and contrary to God's ordered creation. Uh, but, you know, these are things we need to wrestle with as We're also Christians. called to love them. We're called mm-hmm. to love them. We're not called to condemn them out of hand. No. Uh, spitefully. Yeah. We're not called to be Westboro Baptists. No. <laughs> but, you know, we're not saying we have answers to these, but these are the questions we ask. And, and what does the Christian look like? Well, first, the, the first principle we would take from Romans 13 is obedience mm-hmm. to authority. Mm-hmm. Submission to authority. Yep. When authority forces us to contradict yep. the word of God, we lovingly and gently stand for the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right? The second thing we owe is to realize that authority has been provided for us for our protection and to deliver our daily bread, which means that Christians could be thankful for President Obama, even though a vast majority of his policies made it harder to be a Christian in society. Mm-hmm. But. Can you imagine thinking about Paul saying, well, Nero's a gift from God? That's kind of stunning, mm-hmm. right? When you think about it. Mm-hmm. But in God's ordered creation, he provides authority for our protection, for our mm-hmm. good, for our daily bread. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the issues with thinking about Romans 13 and how the church interacts with society and how individual yeah, Christians right. interact with society. And as American citizens, we have a unique in the whole world, I think, with the idea that we're both servants and we're lords of the yeah. by the, by voting we christian christian liberty mm-hmm. lines up both favorably and unfavorably with the concepts of personal liberties that mm-hmm. we have in the united states i think mm-hmm. christians ought to be wary sometimes of libertarian policies because sure. it puts us in a place where we're not loving our neighbor all the time you know i don't think christians can support well let's just make all drugs legal and you know if you want to do drugs and screw up your life go ahead and do it that's not loving Mm-hmm. Your neighbor in doing that. Good laws make for loving neighbors. Yeah. Lazy laws don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we also ought to recognize that as American Christians, America probably isn't the direct fulfillment of prophecies. <laughs> right? America doesn't occur in the Bible. We have to be aware that our patriotism sometimes gets in the way of our faith and yes, the confession of our faith. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. It does. Yeah. And we probably don't have any more time to really go into <laughs> Pray that. God's grace for that. Uh, but, that it, you know, yeah. it just really, you really have to have discernment in these mm-hmm. things and a willingness to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you know, do. that even though you love the country, and I'm not saying there's anything bad with that, uh, but just you got to understand that you may mm-hmm. love the country and love God, and mm-hmm. you might have allowed those two to mingle together in a way that really isn't biblical mm-hmm. or really isn't something that's perpetuating the gospel. And I think that if we are willing to to self-examine these things and to understand that, hey, it's okay to love your country, but not at the expense of bringing something into the church that doesn't belong in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and there is room to be quote-unquote patriotic. There's mm-hmm. plenty of room to love your country, to be grateful for those who have served in the military. Being in the military is a valid vocation, and mm-hmm. we are grateful for those who have paid with their lives and sacrifices for the freedoms we enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, America is the most free and prosperous society the mm-hmm. world has ever known. We should be grateful for mm-hmm. that. We are permitted to be Christians in ways in America that no one else has been afforded for 2,000 years of church history. Mm-hmm. 
But it also becomes a question of where does your loyalty lie? Mm-hmm. You know, where That's a good question. Is, is, is the word of God and the savior of the nations your true source of authority or is it in what America is doing? And yeah. we have to be wary of that. And we have to do that with gentleness and respect like mm-hmm. the Bible tells us to do. It's, if we come in, guns a-blazing, tearing down, mm-hmm. uh, you know, constructs that have been popular in this country for decades – we're not going to win people over to the truths of the gospel. No. And those three building block characteristics mm-hmm. Paul talks about in Ephesians for humility, gentleness, mm-hmm. with patience, need mm-hmm. to be in operation as we're discerning these things and yep. talking about these things. Yep. All right. Uh, the scripture that God laid on my heart is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 at the very end. Uh, so that we do not lose heart, though our outer nature is wasting away, mm-hmm. our inner nature is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction Mm -hmm. is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For these things that are seen are transient Mm -hmm. and temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the Lutheran Confessions. God bless you and have a great week.